Let's not miss a beat as Brother Hilton comes. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and magnify it. And continue to lift him up. Let's not lose the momentum that is built up in this service. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's just magnify the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you, Savior. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord? God, you're one. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Sometimes I think we as apostolic Pentecostals can take for granted the opportunity that's before us in every service. And I'm not um, getting on to anybody tonight. I'm just saying that I think it's uh, it's a that that Spirit of the Lord is certainly here. Thankful to all of you who have contributed to the worship and magnifying the Lord. I apologize for any distractions. Um, Brother Larson was doing his best to try to understand what was going on, and so he came over and talked to me, and I do not multitask well. My wife told me the other day, she goes, it's absolutely impossible to multitask, and I was like, amen, I absolutely believe that. I know some people that are talented enough that can seemingly pull it off, but I am not among them, uh, so when he came over and asked, he's like, his pastor here, I said, yeah, he's in the office, and then he goes back to singing, so I was like, and, and uh, I failed to realize that in that moment, he was trying to ask me what we're supposed to do next, so I'm sorry, Brother Larson, and I'm also sorry to the church for missing that, that, that point, and um, Pastor has grown, grown more and more sick throughout the day today, and he was pushing himself uh, to teach um, tonight and the, the media team can testify they've, they've got the list of scriptures and um, and so they are they were he was prepared to teach tonight and right up until just a few moments moments before service actually began he asked this reading asked me to come back in the office and, and he asked me to take care of the service tonight because he's not feeling well enough and and uh, to progress to a point where he's just not um able to come in here physically, but he is in the sanctuary, but he is in his office. I wonder if we could just take a moment and pray for Pastor Riggin and ask the Lord to touch his body. God, we thank you for our pastor. Thank you, Lord, for his wisdom, his strength, God, thus far. But I'm asking you, Lord, to meet with him right in that office right now, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to do exceeding abundance that we have more God than just oh I praise you I worship you I magnify your name I magnify your name hallelujah I feel the touch of the Lord here tonight let's just 
begin to magnify Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I felt the Lord's presence, the Lord's touch, Lord, the Lord's confirmation. Thank you for, amen, really praying. Amen, that's, I, I know Pastor appreciates it, and, uh, and I certainly do. I know Sister Riggin appreciates it. <laughs> She's got a heavy load, and um, amen, we need to continue to pray for our pastor and pastor's wife. They are vital. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in just saying just a simple statement like that. Amen. It's important for us to, to recognize, amen, when the enemy tries to attack um, those in authority, those in leadership. And uh, we aren't ignorant of the devil's devices. It was actually just that. Perhaps it wasn't a coincidence, but the Cox talked last night about the spirit of infirmity as an example on how to preach the evangelistic message, and um, it got my gears turning, and then we were dealing with this, and so, you know, I wouldn't put it past the devil to try to test the church, or, and, or perhaps even, maybe it's not the devil, maybe it's the Lord trying to t test the church, and we've got a lot going on in this coming month. Old settlers and a number of things, and uh, I was listening to service on Sunday morning. Um, we're downstairs teaching class, and so we're not able to be in service on Sunday morning. But I, yesterday while I was working, I had it going, and one statement that Pastor made really stood out to me, and um, I would just remind you of it tonight that he talked about. Uh, he the, the title of his lesson was Laborers Together, and um, and he talked about us. He emphasized the word us when he was talking, and, he, and then he. I wondered, Brother Nelson, as you guys can tell, I'm a bit. I'm I'm kind of slow. Okay, Brother, if Brother Larson's the incident tonight did not prove that, you can. I'm sure sometime I'll prove to you that I'm slow, but. Um, I was like, why is he just emphasizing us? I, I get, you know, I understand the point. But then he said, us, us, us. And then he goes, not me. And um, I think we ought to take that seriously. I think we ought to take, and if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you ought to do yourself a service and go listen to that lesson one more time because it was so vital uh, for what's going on at the Truth Church, and uh, it's extremely important that that we, us, together, we labor together, that we work together. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't you 
turn to Acts chapter 9 as a text. I do appreciate the opportunity and the confidence that a uh, pastor has, and I know that he's praying for me. I appreciate it, Pastor. And um, in fact, I asked him to pray for me as um, before. I just asked him in general to pray for me before I left the office, and and he said, "Why don't we just pray right now?" And in spite of all his pain, I, I and and it's not just pain. There's nauseousness and other situations, and if, if, if you, I mean, if you want to, but he took time to pray for me. That is the heart of a pastor, to be so selfless and, and, and think of others first. I'm so grateful for the man of God that, that we have. Amen, amen, amen. Acts chapter 9 and 31 is going to be our text, and then we'll also flip over to Romans chapter 3. My brother Josh, I'm sorry, I did get these, I sent these to myself just in case, so I'm going to send these to you now on the media channel, so you'll have, at least you have a, an idea of where I'm going. And I'm more, have you ever heard of Bunch and Breeze? I'm more nervous than a room full of cats here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. There's one verse of Scripture, and then we'll skip over to Romans chapter 3, verse 9. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Wouldn't that be nice? A little bit of rest. A little bit of rest for our weary souls. Amen. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the comfort of the Holy Ghost. They were multiplied. So it was in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost that the churches received rest, edification, and multiplication. And um, I wish I could preach all this tonight, but I'm not going to even try. I've got a long title for you, Brother Josh. It is not what I put in the message because I'm going to append to the end of it. The first part is true, the fear of the Lord, but I also want to add on and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let's flip over to Romans chapter 3, verse 9, and we'll read through verse 18. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have... Before proved, but both Jews and Gentile, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is no righteous. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. 
They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. Who are we talking about? Who is, what is the subject of Paul's little lesson here? He's describing a pretty bleak picture of this group of people. I believe he identifies it in the final scripture of our text in verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. What Paul was writing about, what he was describing in, in his Pauline manner, in his eloquent and articulate way, he was describing a group of people who did not have the fear of God. They're all under sin. None righteous, no, not one. None that understandeth, none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They together become unprofitable. None that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. What a stark contrast to the other passage of Scripture that we read in Acts chapter 9, where there was rest, where there was multiplication, and where there was edification. Amen. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to speak to us tonight. I need the help of the Holy Ghost, so if you don't mind saying a prayer for me, but also pray for each and every one of us in this house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for what you have Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we thank the Lord for His presence in this place again before we are seated. Thank you, Lord, for Your grace. Thank you, God, for Your goodness. We worship You tonight. Hallelujah. Truly, there is no place I'd rather be. You may be seated. Presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want... What the Apostle Paul was, or what, what um, the author of Acts, it would be Luke, not Paul, was describing in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9. He described, and, and again, there's so much here that I don't have, um, perhaps I should start my, my first series uh, with this lesson um, or perhaps I should allow pastor to teach me more from this, uh, this passage of Scripture. But Because in this one passage of Scripture, I see so much 
depth and so much that this generation, that my contemporaries, those who are in my age group, could uh, benefit from. Edification, strength, multiplication. Isn't that what we are after? We are certainly after, amen, the edification of God's, by God's Spirit and through God's Word. We are certainly interested in multiplying after our own kind as the Lord commanded us throughout His, His Word. And we are also interested in that uh, eternal peace, amen, that He was talking about. Amen. But it doesn't come just because you say the right words in the right moment with the right person present. It doesn't come because you, uh, you completed some conditions in, our, in your mind or things like, things like that. This is a result of a genuine fear of the Lord. It's, a, it's the result of, of the fear of the Lord. In general, the word fear, when, I, when it was used throughout Scripture, is defined as, as truly being afraid. I've heard some preach and talk about the fear of the Lord as, as not being uh, only afraid. But I think sometimes we gloss over the fact that that's still actually what it means. It, it does mean a genuine fear, to be afraid, to, to, um, to have a sense of dread or terror. The fear of the Lord. Let's apply that to the Lord. If, if we have a genuine fear of God, of, of the Lord, uh, there should be within us a genuine sense of terror. Amen. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not only that, and I don't want to belabor that point, but, but it is important that we understand that there truly are consequences if we don't obey. There truly are, there are the, the ends of those who follow after their own way. The Bible is replete, and we'll talk about some of these tonight, but the Bible is replete, replete with examples of individuals who thought they would do it their way and they realized because they lacked a fear for the one who set everything in motion in the first place. Because they didn't have that sense of awe about God. In fact, they, they were more concerned about what others were thinking about them. More concerned about what their neighbor or coworker or friend at school thought they were what they were doing, thought about what they were doing, and, and had they they were more concerned about their opinion than about God's opinion. Hallelujah. I would love to see, genuinely, this is not just a, a passing statement, but more than anything, I would love to see a revival of a fear for God in this nation. God is real. And His commandments 
are just and holy and righteous. Amen. And we ought to do our dead level best. Amen. To firstly understand what it is that He has to say. And then secondly, do everything that we can by His grace to obey those commands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in some, it truly does mean, amen, a sense of dread and terror and, and being afraid. But in other areas, it's, it's an attribute of respect. It's an attribute uh, of reverence, of, of not just being, not, not being nonchalant about the things of God. But walking carefully, as Paul admonished us, uh, amen, to make our conversation, uh, amen, carefully. Be, be careful about everything we say and do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a time, there was, there was a time where this was a, a characteristic of every person before the fall of man. God built this into us, that God wrote upon, amen, as it were, the tables of our heart, amen, of Adam and Eve, all of the things. He had a direct connection, amen, with those people, amen. He would commune with them. He would walk with them, and they would understand in its fullest extent, amen, everything that God wanted them to do. Amen. Don't, don't be uh, uh, mistaken for one moment. Eve knew fully what she was doing when she took of that apple. It was, uh, it was blatant rebellion and disobedience. She truly understood. And after that, the natural condition, I talked about it recently, the natural condition of man was a fallen state. One where we had to strive after the fear of God. We had to strive to, to walk with God, to understand His ways, and to become what He wants us to become. Amen. And this is just a, a glossary overview. This is a high level, um, as, as high level as you can get, uh, overview of the Old Testament. But you have that, that scenario where Eve and Adam are, are in the presence of God, daily communing with God, and then the fall of man happens because of their disobedience. And then Jesus came, and He gave His life so that we could again inherit that nature that was originally designed for us to have in the first place. He, he made it so that we don't have to, uh, amen, have to uh, 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 go through the motions uh, of a command uh, set of laws and going through. But he said that he would write it, those laws, uh, amen, the tables, his commandments uh, on the tables of our hearts uh, so that we can again uh, be in that similar state that Eve and Adam uh, were in in the first place. Uh, I want to tell you that God uh, is looking uh, for those who have a genuine fear, a genuine respect, a genuine reverence for who he is. Hallelujah. Jonah chapter 1 verse 9 tells us, And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, 
which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly, what's that word? Why were they afraid? Why were they afraid? They were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he, had, that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. This was a, just a snapshot in the Old Testament before the coming of Jesus, our Messiah, the one who restored, amen, that heavenly nature and made it accessible to us as mankind, amen. But Jonah, he had somehow, through the law, through the pages of God's Word, had reached back to that old nature, that original design from God and said, I want to fear God. And so he told them, I fear God. I fear the God of heaven. And he can make this sea stop. And because a man stood in the middle of a sea, amen, declared a word of faith, amen, there was a group of heathens that day, Brother Nelson, amen, that sat up and took notice and said, there might be something about this great God. What should we do, Jonah? How should we behave after this point, after we've received this revelation that there is a mighty God in control of this very sea? What should we do? I'm telling you right now, amen, that a fear for God, amen, will produce a genuine and sincere desire to please Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not coerced. It's not, it's not forced by anybody. Amen. It's not uh, enforced because it's, it's coming up from the inside of who you are. I fear God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How would you not fear one who has all power? How could you, how could you, what arrogance, what, what, uh, uh, what, what pride. Would it take to, to think that, wow, this mighty God, either that or you really don't believe. I'm, I don't want to spend too much time here, amen. Um, amen. But it's. In, I, I want to say that the fear of God is contagious. If if you get a genuine sense of the fear of God, when you start spending, hey, just try this. Spend some time with people who really want to please God. Spend some time with people who know who have a genuine walk with God, who who love to pray and talk to God, who love to read His Word. Hallelujah. Amen. That will get on you. It starts to rub off on you and. And then you want to be more like so and so. You want to, and and what is that? It's that old, uh, that original design of God. He's saying, I'm I'm looking for somebody who's interested in having a relationship with me. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Amen. I know I'm taking uh, some time here, so let's move along. Even the heathen men of the ship. Too often we uh, wait until live seas are throwing us around before we. 
we try to develop some fear for God. Or we try to leverage uh, someone else's fear for God as the heathens did in this particular situation. Some might call it superstitious. Some might call it old-fashioned. Some might call it antiquated. Why do, you, why do you go to that church? Why do you spend time? Why do you go to church twice on Sunday? Why do you go to church on Tuesday night? I had it this afternoon while I was at work. I had stuff, deadlines that had to get done before 5 o'clock. And I told my, um, the guy I was reporting to, my manager, I told him, I was like, listen, man, I've got to be out of here by 4.30. Because my pastor had texted me, and actually Sister Reagan is the one that texted me. But I was like, i got to get out of here at 4.30 because uh, I've got obligations. Hallelujah. This society, and, and I felt the pressure. I felt the man reach, uh, not scoffing at me, but he didn't have to say anything. He, he, it was evident in his response without even directly, he, he was respectful, he was kind. But it was evident that he was upset with me because I had to peel out 30 minutes early. I need every minute that I can get. And so, it's just a, a just a, an example of how our society, uh, they buck up. They constantly rub against that, that the, the desire of God, the plan of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and sometimes it, it's a struggle, really. It is genuinely a struggle for us as people of God to, to honor and to, to follow that, that fear. It will test you. People and life will test you. And if it's not a real fear, you'll find out sooner or later. If it's not genuine, you'll find out sooner or later. If it's just a convenient convenient Christianity or if it's just a, a professional Pentecostalism. If it's, if, it's just, if it's just convenient, then... You'll find out. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. When you have a genuine fear of the Lord, it brings a genuine comfort from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When when the turmoil and the tempestuous seas, we just read just a moment ago for Jonah, when those days come, and they will come, if you have a rock-solid fear for God, you have a sure place to stand on. And that is a comforting thing. Amen. Society is arriving or has arrived at the end of a cycle that has been going on for centuries. People, individuals develop a sense of independence, perhaps as a result of the great enlightenment, and believe that they don't need anybody or need anything. Or even need a God. Some even question his existence. Doctrine and theology have been developed. They don't call it doctrine and theology. But it's doctrine and it's theology. It's, the word doctrine really just means 
teaching. I, I heard that somewhere, someplace before. It's just a, it's just a word that identifies a, a group of, of teachings that are associated with some idea. I've heard, and I don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked, amen, but there are um, influencing doctrines that are plaguing the churches today, plaguing this church, plaguing this community. Hallelujah. I just saw a video today of a young man. He was probably nine years old. He had, and, and forgive me, I'm not trying to ruffle anybody's feathers, okay? I'm just, I'm relaying a story. Okay, I wasn't there. I'm just telling you a story. Man, little boy had a yellow patch on his backpack. And it was a little circle, had a snake in the middle, twirled up in the middle, and he's looking at you and said, don't tread on me. And uh, this little boy was brought into his into a, a room, and he told his the the adult there, I don't know what the position of the person was there. It was obvious they were associated with the school. But uh, she brought him in, sat him down, and said, you can't wear that. He's like, what do you mean? It's got all my books in it. And she said, you can't, you can't use this. You've got to put this off and, um, or, or you've got to rip that patch off. And, and so he said, well, my mom's just right down the street. So mom comes in and long story short, uh, he didn't get to keep the backpack. He didn't get to get released back into his classroom. But I'm just using that little anecdote as an example of how there are, and and doesn't matter on which side of the spectrum you stand on, that's just an example of how confrontational this society has become. It's just pushing up against one another. I've got my idea. you got your idea. Okay, now let's figure this out. And sometimes it's more than just talking. And so this, and, and this is the logical conclusion of, of where we are as a society. We are as a, as a community, as, an, as, a, as a, really as a nation. We have come to defend our individual rights. And you won't find anybody who believes that more than I do. Amen. But the logical conclusion is truly self-service is becoming self-centered and making sure that you get every benefit that comes your way and that you're owed and, and every, every system and every situation it owes you this, that, and the other. Hallelujah. But if you have a fear for God, yourself is your last concern. It's, it, is the, it is the polar opposite of what everybody believes. Hallelujah. I hope this is not too simple for you tonight. Hallelujah. The fear of God inherently has a recognition for His authority. Amen. And I don't have to tell parents in this room how, uh, how frequent. Jesus even said this in the last days. Children will be disobedient to parents. And I'm not just talking about the children in this room. I'm talking about across the board. There is, a, there is an underlying spirit of rebellion pervading throughout this land. Prevailing throughout this land. And I'm telling you, it's a result of 
a lack of the fear of God. If you have a fear for God and you study his word, you know that no man is promoted unless God puts him there. If you, you understand that everyone that's in authority is a delegate from God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want more on that, don't ask me. Ask your pastor. <laughs> he's, got some, he's got some good podcasts on that one too. Amen. Hallelujah. The Israelites, let's just, uh, let me try to pick up the pace a little bit. The Israelites, uh, uh, the, the summarizing scripture of the book of Judges says this in Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I, I think that's interesting. Every man did what was right when? When there was no king. When there was no authority. When there was no one to hold them accountable. But they all did what was right in their own eyes. They were holding themselves accountable. And so they, they, every man did what was right in his own eyes. They never really learned their lesson. And the Lord, you can read through the, 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 the book of Judges how many times the Lord sent a judge to correct that, that mentality. To restore a fear for God and say, you're my people. I'm going to, I will defend you. If you would just obey, if you would just, uh, just read what I've given you, the word from God, if you would just do what I ask you to do, uh, I've got great promise, I've got great blessing, and, and you can read uh, yourself, amen, the many times that God tried and tried and tried. Amen. But 2 Kings chapter 17, 34-39, until this day, they do after the former manners. They're still doing what they've always done. They fear not the Lord. Neither do they after their statues. I can read the rest here, but I think that's the, that's the underlying point right there, is that they do after their former, former manners because they fear not the Lord. They, they don't. They don't have a genuine desire. They don't, perhaps, uh, there, there's a proverb that says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. This is not original with me. I've heard Brother Burgess pastoring in uh, Colorado Springs make this statement, but so, so credit to whom credit is due. But, but this, I think, is very important, a very important principle. We have uh, people that sit on apostolic pews and go to Pentecostal churches, uh, and I believe the pro, and, and what well, Brother uh, Burgess has made the statement, that, that the proverb is speaking to them. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart. Not that he has said out loud. Or uh, many times when you read that, that scripture, you think, oh, he's talking about atheists. He's talking about those who profess uh, outwardly with their mouth that, that I don't believe in a God or I'm at least agnostic. Amen. But that's not really what the wise man was dealing with in that scripture. He was saying that there are some who say in their heart. What they, what they have done is they've lost a fear for God. They've said it in their heart. Nobody else knows except them and God. And the Bible calls them a fool. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. They never really learned. The Israelites never, amen, really learned. The Jews never really learned. 
the children of God never really learned this lesson. There were some. You can go and you can pick out individual stories. Amen. But not, not all of them in mass. Until we come to Acts chapter 5. Now, the scholars among us know that we're no longer talking about the Old Testament. Okay, that's, that's a joke. Amen. We're in the New Testament now. And Jesus has already come and he's died. He's been ascended up into heaven. And, and now I'm talking about the New Testament church. The one for whom Jesus died. The one for whom Jesus spilt his blood and rebirthed us. Through his word. Amen. Through his spirit. Amen. Gave to us. Amen. A new and holy life. Amen. With that new, amen, and holy spirit, hallelujah, amen, available to every one of us in this place tonight. Amen. In Acts chapter 5, verse 27, we read, when they had brought them, they set them before the council. Now we're talking about a group of preachers who have just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And so, in this story, amen, these 12 men, anointed by God, amen, walking in faith, amen, and in the fear of God, amen, the scripture tells us that the, the ones that were in charge, the ones that were set up, amen, in authority, they came and they took these men and they, they set them down before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, did not. We straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And listen to what Peter said in response, amen, to the council that day. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God. Rather than man. I am a little bit more concerned. About God. Than what you can do, for, do to me. This was a statement. Amen. Of the fear of God. Amen. He couldn't hold it back. He couldn't, he couldn't restrain himself. Amen. But these folks uh, amen, were threatening the, uh, the apostles and saying, you guys, didn't we straight? These men have authority. In fact, they were placed there uh, through the lineage of, of their tradition. The tradition that God established. Amen. But they had lost, as I mentioned just a moment ago, they had lost that fear for God. They were, amen, the, the, they were downstream of all of those that, that we had just read a moment ago. The ones who did after the former, former manner. The ones that feared not the Lord. And so now these are sitting in their, uh, in their, their special seats and saying, we told you not to preach. And Peter said, I'm not scared of you. 
You can take me. You can bind me. You can put me in jail. You can whip me. Amen. You can even kill me. And some of these men were truly, amen, killed. They were murdered for the gospel's sake. Amen. So these weren't just words. Amen. But the apostles that day, men, what they said, and they said, I fear God more than you. Hallelujah. How can you say that in such an oppressive room? How can you say that with men, amen, with the power and the authority, amen, to lock you away? I'm telling you because, amen, Peter had a genuine fear for God, amen, and he had with him. It doesn't matter what pain and suffering, my Lord, that comes his way, amen, he believed that the fear of the Lord would preserve him. Hallelujah. Amen. When you get a genuine fear for God, amen, I'm getting ready to wrap things up. I'm not going to drag things out much longer. I've got, I'm on page two of six. Amen. So uh, that we, we definitely could go a little bit further, but I don't want to wear you out. I don't want to wear out the saints of the Most High God, as many have said before. But, but I, amen, I want to challenge this church. Amen. We're getting ready, amen, to walk into our community. And there are going to be opportunities. There are going to be people, amen, that are tempting us and, and perhaps even pushing back against us. And I'm praying God send wisdom and a genuine fear for God. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. If you have a genuine fear for God, if you have a genuine desire to know Him, to understand Him, to please Him, amen, I'll tell you, amen, that's a source of comfort. Amen. It is a place where you can stand, amen, settled, amen, lock solid. You don't have to rock solid. You don't have to worry, amen, about being pushed this way or that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter said, and the other apostles answered, amen, the council that day, we ought to obey God, amen, rather than man. Hallelujah. When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, I, I've got, I don't want, just give me a second. Let me figure out what I should do here. Hallelujah. Let me just hit a couple of highlights here. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Amen. We were talking about uh, at the beginning of this service how this is the love of God the, and the, the mission statement, the focus of the true church, uh, amen, is to discover the power of the spirit of truth and of love. Amen. And so that's a perfect balance. Amen. It's actually a balance that's established in Scripture. Amen. Pastor has explained that in the uh, vision, the 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 statement of the vi the state of the vision. And I, there's just a shameless plug. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, uh, feel free to make your way over to Teams and go to the general channel and and take a listen. Brother Hall told on you the other day, Sister Hall. He said that you've already listened to it twice. He said at least with the number of times that that I. I knew she was listening to it. So if you need to listen, do it again. Do what Sister, Sister Hall did. But, but, but in, in that uh, state of the vision, I, it wasn't in the, the most recent one, but in the previous states, states of the vision, he has made, uh, made it clear, amen, where the core focus, amen, of this church comes from, where it comes from, uh, 
I, I, I'm failing to remember the scripture. It's in Ephesians. But, but it's, it's a perfect balance. It, it's the spirit of truth and the spirit of love. And when we're going out, please don't misunderstand what I'm preaching tonight. I'm not saying that you should get up there and twist your face all ugly and, and yell at every person that comes by. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But I'm trying to give you a sense of confidence. Amen. If you can amen, develop a genuine fear for God, and I have no doubt that the folks in this room, amen, have a fundamental fear for God. Otherwise, you wouldn't, amen, waste your time in a regular service like this and put up with me tonight. Amen. I'm thankful for faithful saints of God with a genuine fear, amen, for God to please Him. Amen. But what I want to tell you is that when you, amen, remember the fear for God and the commands of God, let me tell you that a comfort from Him, amen, is associated with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11. I, I, I know I've said that other scripture. We could read it. It's a good one. You can read it on your own time. Reference it on YouTube if you need to. Amen. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11. This is a better one. I, well, not a better one. They're, I better stop. I'm getting myself in trouble. Amen. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11 says, Serve the Lord with fear. Serve the Lord. Yes, thank you. Serve the Lord with fear. Reverent fear. For some reason, I don't have that copied in my notes. Apparently, my notes are uninspired. Brother Hall, did you do that? You're always uh, making jokes and stuff. I wouldn't put it past you that you came in here and did something. I'm just kidding. They were sitting over here the whole time where you were. I'm just kidding. Amen. But serve the Lord with reverent fear. That's good. And rejoice. With trembling. Do you see the coupling of, of the joy of the Lord and the fear of the Lord? Do you see the coupling of the, of the comfort of the Lord and the, and the fear of the Lord? Amen. There are, there are, a, there, it's, the fear of God is not just, a, amen, a, being just scared. It's not just trying to go to sleep with your, without your nightlight. And I'll admit it, I don't like going to sleep without a nightlight. You can ask my wife. I turn on the bathroom light every night. That's my nightlight. Amen. But I'm not talking about that kind of fear. Sister Tori, come up here, bail us out. I don't know what you're going to play, but you can play something. Give them a little hope. But the, the fear of the Lord is more than just, just that. We, we talked about it. It's not just that. But it comes along with these other qualities. Comfort. Amen. And rejoicing. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Acts chapter 9 verse 31 we read in our text. Amen. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. And were edified walking in the fear of the Lord and comfort. Of the Holy Ghost, and they were multiplied. John 14, 26, Jesus tells us that the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. You really want to walk with God? You really want to please God? What you need is the Holy Ghost. You need that Comforter. It'll bring you... Amen. Such reassurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Maybe we can sing that one if you want to. That, 
That is a, you don't have to, but you're welcome to. That's just identify that God's assurance comes to those who want to please him. He's not, you really want to please God? He's not going to leave you out there wondering and hoping and trying and striving. God's going to give you grace. He's going to give you the strength to, to please him. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Amen. Peter was preaching to the, the individuals that were there on the day of Pentecost, that were listening and hearing what was going on. This is the first outpouring of the Spirit of God. Amen. On mankind. And they said in an earlier scripture, Brother Cox reminded me last night, they said, what is going on? And Peter took some time and taught him a little Bible study. and said, here's what's going on. This, 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 this. And when, like Brother Cox said, when they understood it, that's what happened. Just like I said earlier, the fear of God is contagious. They started, the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart. There was something about what Peter was saying. I'm the one that put him on the cross. I'm guilty of, of his death. I'm the one that bears the shame here. Peter was telling him, yes. Yeah, you're the one. It was your sins. It was your... And he did it out of love and truth. He wanted you to be saved. He wanted to reconcile your sins. He wanted to forgive your sins. And, and when they heard this, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, what? What? What I say earlier, when, when the fear of God comes on you, you want to know. You want to know how to please Him. Even those old heathens with Jonah, when, the, when Jonah was in the boat and the sea was tossing them back, they said, what do we got to do? If we keep going like this, we're all going to die. We're all going to sink. Amen. Pete, uh, Jonah, what do we do? And the same exact amen, request was being made to Peter on the day of Pentecost. Peter, what do we do? How do I resolve this feeling in my heart? How do I fix this? Peter said, repent. Be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You want, you want to resolve the fear that's inside of you? What you need is the comfort of the Holy Ghost. You want to, you want to resolve that convicting feeling that, that is burning in your heart. What you need is the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is something... That God has been looking for in mankind as we all stand tonight since the very beginning. Genesis chapter 22, a somewhat of a lengthy reading. Perhaps familiar though to some of us. I'm closing with this. Came to pass after those things, verse 1 of Genesis 22. God did tempt Abraham. Said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. 
said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon who want upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac said, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then one of then on the third day Abram Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I with the lad, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Come again unto you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Father, my father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. I want to stop there just for a moment. I know that was a bit of a lengthy, and we're almost done with the reading, but I wanted you to understand all the different things that Abraham had to keep in his mind. He had to get the knife. He had to find out the mind of God which, which, which mountain it was. And then when time came, he had to get the wood and, and all, these, all these things. And then he had to make the trek over there. And he told his servants, hey, stay here. We're going to go up worship, but we're coming back. And, and so he had all these details. And that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff to do. But you know, Abraham is already acquainted with this God that he's talking with. He remembers the day back in Ur where he woke up and God said, hey, go for a walk, buddy. And Abraham went off walking. I want to ask somebody in this house tonight, what did Abraham have to prove? He was already in the middle of nowhere. He was already out there. And had already obeyed many of the commands that God has given to him. How many altars has he built at this point? How many times has he communed and walked with God? But God looked down and saw Abraham's heart and said, I want Isaac. I, I, I want Isaac. I want the one this is going to be your last test, Abraham. I just want to make a brief application here. I know many of us come to church and perhaps we feel like we don't have anything to prove. I've already committed my life to God. I've already left everything behind. 
I've already left it all in Ur. Did you hear about what happened to Lot? That was my nephew. I've lost family over this. I'm committed. I want to please God. I'm not playing games. I wouldn't be standing here in the middle of this wilderness if I didn't really love God. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Thank you, Brother Larson, for picking those songs out. But I want to tell you something that love will only get you so far. Ooh, hallelujah. There's another lesson, guys. Who wants to teach it? Love will only take you so far. It'll take you far. It will take you far, won't it? I was talking to my wife. It would take you far. But let's see what the Lord, what, what was this all about? Why did the Lord do this? Abraham took, stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son, verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Verse 13 says found the ram in the thicket. And the Lord, of course, provided. I, perhaps, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, should be done here. Maybe I could just open these altars for anyone who would like to reaffirm, not your love, because I know this church loves God. I know you want to please God. I know you've come a mighty long way. But perhaps there are days when you, when the, 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 the forces of life and the world pushes up against you, and you just get tired. You just get Tired of fighting, tired of working, tired of doing what's right. If, if, if it goes beyond love, and love is so important. Love is true. Love, God is love. And if, they don't receive, if you don't receive a love for the truth, God's going to send you strong delusion. So that's absolutely essential. Please don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But start there and dig a little deeper. And let's explore all that God wants for us. Let's see how God wants to bring us onto perhaps another mountain. And perhaps He wants to perform a miracle for us and, and provide for us one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can, you can stay in your pews. You can make your way to the altar, whatever you feel most comfortable doing. But why don't we just talk to the Lord for a moment and Ask the Lord to help us tonight. Thank you, Jesus.
for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me tonight. I don't want to just... I thank you, God, for all that you've done, the sacrifices that you have made and continue to make, Lord. God, the mercies that you have bestowed upon me. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. But I want to go deeper. I want to stand stronger. I want to stand firmer, God. I want to be what you want me to be. God, I want to walk, hallelujah, in holiness and righteousness and truth. I want to please you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah.